Hey folks, thanks for tuning in today. And before we start the show, I do need to warn you that one of our callers does drop the F-bomb a couple times. So if you're in the car with the kids listening, just be aware of that. Well, pockets up a beer or a cold libation. Let me tell you how I wrote this little theme. I went and took a call from brother Jason and he tells me that he has a little dream. He says he needs a backwards intro to begin his podcast and I ask him what you got. He said, I'll start up with some talking and some movie clips and popcorn fighting, fantasy explorations and some groundless exploitation. Kickstarts that I'm watching and some blind unboxings, full month horror movie marathon. Sometimes I'll let the box come on, contest and of course you know it's all about games. I said, slow down, let's just start with the name. It's the Nerds RPG Variety. Welcome back to Nerds RPG Variety Cast. I'm your host, Jason. Today is the award show. I am going to play all the entries I've received for the October initiative. And I am going to announce the winner of the contest. So thank you for joining me. And let's get into it. As you know, the October initiative is a contest, or you hopefully know, the October initiative is a contest where I ask people to call in their favorite initiative system and why, and their least favorite niche system, and why. And this is for any tabletop game. War games, board games, RPGs, doesn't matter. So, and what I offered for a prize for this contest was a $20 drive through RPG gift certificate, and that I would donate $25 to the charity of the winner's choice. In the show notes, you will find a compilation of the charities, as well as the names of everybody that entered. But you'll find a compilation of the charities that people mention during their calls. So without further ado, I think we're just going to get into these calls. I will comment after each entry, and some, of the, and I'm going to play the calls in the order I receive them. And then when I roll for the random winner at the end, I will roll, and, and it'll just, I've got 14 entries, so I'll roll a D14, and it'll be the, like I say, it would be in the order I receive them. So like Daniel Norton was the first call I received. So he's number one, for example. So that that's how it'll work. But I'll do that at the end. So some of these initial systems are going to cover the same ground. So if I've already commented on one earlier in the show, I won't do an in-depth comment, uh, you know, again later. But okay, that's enough for me babbling. Let's get into these calls. First up, Daniel Norton of the Bandits Keep podcast, YouTube channel, and actual play YouTube channel. Hey there, Jason. Daniel from Bandits Keep calling in for the October initiative. So let's us begin. My favorite system currently would be that from Ash, or now being called Hyperborea. I guess the initiative is technically just roll a d6, a side initiative, and it's broken by the higher dexterity. That's not the part I really like. I guess it's more the uh, the way that it's handled, the action declaration and the fact that there are two phases in the combat. Um, that to me is really interesting. And the reason why I think it ties into initiative is for instance, if you're doing something second phase um, and you want initiative, then you know the other side will get to attack you first. So I think that's interesting. Um, I think I'll run out of time before I get to the second one. So prepare for another message. So my second one is go, the kind of do not like or dislike the most. I'm not gonna name a specific system, but there's different systems that do this. Um, and it is when the initiative is always the same. 
thus something like set by your stats, right? So that the person with the highest decks always goes first, second highest decks goes next, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not a fan of that. I like a round to round initiative and I like for the initiative to uh, be flexible so that you don't really know what's going to happen. You declare your action, what you hope is going to happen, and then the dice are rolled and that determines it. Anything that's fixed and we just circle around the table like we're playing a board game is just not very fun for me. So there you go. Like Sajjik's Wizardman Sorcerer Hyperborea, dislike anything that is always fixed, especially by stats. Especially by stats. Okay, even though I've already called in for the October initiative, I just did a test run of, oh, wow, a motorcycle just cut through the middle. Mm. Anyways, I just did a test run of that uh, Warriors of Mars TSR game from 1974, and I think that might be my new favorite initiative. Basically, in that game, whoever wins initiative is the only side that goes in individual combat. And then once you go, the other side rolls a die to try to take initiative from you. And it is based on the difference in power, basically, between the two. If you they do not take initiative, you get to go again. And this happens up to three times in a row, at which time the initiative is automatically given to the other side uh, for at least one round. I kind of like this idea. So whoever wins initiative is the only one who goes. If you lose initiative, you're just defending. Um, and I still don't like uh, the other kind that I said. So there you go. That's an extra bonus entry. And I don't expect any extra credit for that, but, you know, if you want to give me extra credit. Do we give Daniel extra credit? Well, we'll give him a little bit. He won't get any extra entries to win. So Daniel's favorite is, sounds like roll initiative for the side. Well, actually, the important part of Daniel's favorite is the idea of having actions declared and then the two phases. Personally, I like this as well. I'm not a fan of side initiative. I, I like individual initiative. Um, the Warriors of Mars thing that he found afterwards is interesting. I would be okay with that. I know a lot of people wouldn't like the idea that all they can do is defend that round if they lost initiative. As far as his least favorite initiative, fixed order, and especially by stats, um, this is how ICRPG does it. This is how a number of systems do it. Um, and in fact, we'll have other callers mention fixed order later on. So we'll have some contention between the callers on these, but that's okay. Next up is Carl Rodriguez of the Geomologist Presents podcast. All right, October initiative, take fucking two or so. So the the best initiative system is Savage Worlds, action cards, draw a card, whoever gets the highest card goes first. I love it. It's freeform, easygoing. The one I hate the most is these games where people roll and they got to hit under a target number. If they make it, they go. If they miss it, then the other the opposition goes. Because then no one knows who's going first. And everyone takes 15 fucking minutes to go to decide who goes first or not. I hate that. That's dumb. Just roll D20 or draw a card and see who goes first. It's stupid. An agitated Carl Rodriguez there. Um, but, yeah, so his favorite, of course, is Savage Worlds, which uh, the card system works really well. Twilight 2000 third edition or fourth edition, I'm sorry, also uses this. I like Savage Worlds Initiative. I don't have any problem with the cards. And this is actually somewhere the VTTs almost work better because it's faster to recover the cards and shuffle them on the VTT than it is in real life. 
His least favorite sounds like what the black hack does, where you roll against the stat. If you roll under your stat, then you go before the opposition. If you roll over the stat, you go after them. But I've never found that clunky or hard, but it obviously infuriates Carl. Um, anyhow, let's move on to our next entry, which is Joe Richter of the Hindsightless Podcast. Hey, Jason, calling in my entries for the October initiative, but these have a little twist to it. Neither of these two systems have I actually experienced in play. I have just read them. That is my twist. So take this all with a grain of salt. We'll start with my favorite. My favorite initiative system as of time of recording, which is September 30th, 2021, that I have not yet played at the table, is the initiative system for Beyond the Wall, which was uh, a game suggested to me by the amazing Spencer of Keep Off the Borderlands. It was super nice to hear his voice on a recent episode of yours. So in Beyond the Wall, your initiative score is determined by your, your class your level, and your dexterity. And that combination gives you a number, and that's your initiative score. There's no rolling. So whenever a situation starts where initiative is uh, needed, you just look at your character sheet, and there's a number right there. And then whoever has the highest goes first. Whoever's got the lowest goes last. The game even suggests that after you make your character, you could sit around the table in initiative order. You know, uh, really simple. I like that you don't roll. Uh, I think it's cool. So for my least favorite initiative system that, again, I have not played and just read, I have to say it is the uh, like BXOSE version of initiative where one single player rolls a D6 for the entire group and then the initiative is broken down into a bunch of different sections and then... It starts over again. I don't know. Like I said, I have not played it. Having read it, it seems very clunky to me. Like it would take a lot longer. So, yeah. Most favorite, Beyond the Wall. Least favorite, OSC slash BX. And if this entry is selected by your random number generator, I would like my my contribution my my winnings my $20 and the $20 $5 that you're going to uh supply i would like all of that to go to sound generations in seattle i won't see any of the money even though i work there we are a nonprofit that helps um, seniors and adults with disabilities find and get different resources. Most of our clients are um, low income. And so every little bit helps. We're, it's a fantastic organization. Uh, we provide housing, low income housing. Uh, you know, we get people set up with Meals on Wheels, transportation services, all that stuff, in-home care. It's, it's fantastic. So, yeah. Send my winnings and your contributions to Sound Generations in Seattle. Peace out. Okay, that was Joe Richter. Surprisingly, did not pick Pathfinder. So, funny, I told you there were going to be people bumping heads, though. 
he's about the opposite of old Daniel there at the top of the show. Beyond the Wall, interesting. So Rob C., who we will hear from down the heap, who we will hear from later, has did a show recently on initiative and he mentioned that he doesn't like it just based on decks. He doesn't think that's fair. And beyond the wall seems to help mitigate that. Personally, I think if you're going to do a combo, maybe you do decks, intelligence or wisdom, one of those two, and then the level, the character you, you put those together. I, I do like you to roll die though. I like to have some randomness in there, but beyond the wall, you, you know, works for Joe. That's cool. It does not work for Daniel at all. Um, as far as BX goes, Joe's least favorite, the idea of a group role, one role for the whole group. I don't like that either. And then segments. He doesn't like segments. So the way these games go that he's talking about, you have a missile segment where, you know, the winning side shoots missiles and then maybe the losing. Well, it depends on the game. Sometimes, but you have a missile segment, you, you know, a, a movement segment, a melee segment, a magic segment, and those orders may go differently. I've never found those to go slow, to be honest, because you declare your action at the top of the round, so you already know what you're doing. And then when the GM says, okay, missiles, who's firing missiles? Then everybody fires missiles at going, okay, who's moving? And then you move. So I've never found a clunky, but I can see why Joe would think so. Next up, we have BJ of the Arcane Alienist. Hey, Jason, it's BJ. Uh, as far as my um, <clears throat> least favorite initiative system, I think it's it's not the core basic ad advanced D&D initiative system, but it is that system when you include weapon speed, the, the option for weapon speed. Um, I, I don't know if it's how, if that's meant to make it more realistic. I mean, I, I think that's the, the goal. I don't know if it actually does, but... Uh, it just it just adds an extra clunkiness and it sort of it dissuades the use of, of certain weapons and, and encourages the use of others and uh, I think it just means that you know there are suboptimal that's probably not the right word to use there are poor choices and, and the game then pushes people to focus on certain styles of, of of combat or certain weapon combinations instead of considering the full range of, uh, of options. I mean, there's some some wiggle room in there, but I think that uh, you know when you get to the, the the slowest of the slow weapons, you know, I mean, some of those do more damage when you're talking about melee. But you know, like bows, bows are kind of slow compared to to melee weapons, and so if you want to build an archer, you tend to be going last in initiative a lot of the time. Um, and there's already enough penalties for <laughs> for archery because if you're going last, that means everybody else is closed into melee, and uh, then you can't get off a clean shot without taking a risk of hitting your allies. So it's, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the weapon speed aspect. All the, the regular AD and D initiative system is fine. My, my favorite initiative system, um, is what I think it's called popcorn initiative. The only game I've played that actually uses this standard is the, 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 not the original Marvel superheroes, but the ones that the one that uh, Margaret Weiss put out a few years ago, um, and that's where uh, whoever goes first decides decides who gets to go after them. Um, and so you, there's sort of the tactic of well, do I do I do I pass the initiative to to one of my allies, or do I put it on one of my enemies who um, you know to get their their action over with so we can all still have time to react to it this round um 
or uh, you know there are strategic things where you know like well I can I can for if I, if this kind of weakling <laughs> enemy I can force them to act and then everybody else gets to gang up on them you know and they've wasted you know their sorry I got cut off I mean it may be that you can you can depending on the uh, resources or kind of what you can do in a round uh, you may force someone to sort of use up everything they can do on that that round. Um, and then everybody else can gang up on them and they don't have anything left over to, uh, to defend themselves or react with. So, um, it, it makes them for some strategic, uh, planning and, and, and gameplay on the part of the party. And it just, to me, when we played it and used it, it seemed to play out much more like a sequence in a comic book or an action movie, um, where it, it wasn't predictable and it could change and it was people acting and reacting and taunting and drawing other, you know, their opponents in, pushing them away, things like that. So... I thought it was a lot of fun when I played with it. So, BJ, very interesting. I Before we talk about Popcorn Initiative, which is not something I've heard of before, I want to defend AD&D 1E Weapon Speed because I think there's a misunderstanding here. There's only two circumstances you use Weapon Speed in Advanced Dungeons Dragons 1st Edition. It is not used every round. You don't use it when you normally roll initiative. The, it only actually comes in effect. It's a very specialized rule that only comes in effect two times. One is when both sides are using weapons and they both roll the same initiative. So your fight, you have a weapon, somebody else has a weapon, and you both roll a three on initiative, or you both you both roll the same number. Then you compare weapon speeds. Other than that, well, and there's one other time, and that time is when one side is trying to melee with a spellcaster who's foolish enough to cast a spell while in melee, right? <laughs> then you use weapon speed. But unless you're fighting a spellcaster trying to cast a spell that round, or you're fighting in another opponent with a weapon and you both roll the same speed or roll the same initiative, weapon speed never enters play. So it's a number that's hardly ever used. So I think there's a misunderstanding there. And I think in those specific instances, it makes sense to use weapon speed. So I'm actually going to defend it because I like weapon speed. But you definitely don't have to. Popcorn Initiative is something very interesting that I had not heard of before. And it definitely throws some neat tactical choices out there. I really like that, BJ. How do you decide? You'll have to call us and let us know. And I'll play it on a, a later show. How do you determine who goes first in the round? How, who goes first in Popcorn Initiative? How does that get determined? Maybe you said that and I missed it. But it sounds very interesting. And it would definitely be an interesting tactical decision because if you're fighting you know, a big group of bad guys, then you might pick a weak one. But if they have a couple heavy hitters that haven't gone yet, obviously they can say, okay, after you know my weak guy goes, I'm going to have one of my heavy hitters go. So there, there's some interesting tactical things there. Very cool. Thank you for sharing that, BJ. You've introduced a new thing to me that I will now research. Next up is Darren Green, also known in the forum, forums as RFID. So we are going to hear Darren's entries. RFID here, just entering your competition. Uh, if I am lucky enough to win, then if you can send all the money to your favorite charity, that'd be cool. Um, so least favorite system or of initiative i would say um i'm going to say something different because a lot of the people will be talking about rpgs obviously i'm going to talk about like games workshop skirmish games like necromunda or mordheim where you just roll one dice at the beginning of the game whoever gets the highest their team goes first so their whole team or their whole squad six to maybe ten characters 
all, all have their actions, all move, shoot, etc. And then the other team does the same. Um, it just doesn't work for me in a skirmish game. I, I like it when you get individuals acting, so you may get um, three or four from one team, then another three or four from the other team, and then individuals. This allows the game to go back and forwards. Um, you get the possibility where someone might act near the end of the turn and then they may get an action near the beginning of the next round. Um, so you get some more exciting um, play really. Uh, so we, we used to introduce our own sort of initiative systems and, and draw the characters out of a, a bag or roll to randomly see who's gonna go. Um, when it comes to my favorite, I like any game system where you get individual initiative roles every turn. Um, the individual characters or players may get a bonus because they've got high dexterity or whatever stat they use. Um, I just think it, it makes the game flow a bit better. You, you see the advantages of having a quick character or you see the disadvantages of slow characters. Um, I just think it works better. Thanks. Aloha. Whoops. Sorry about that, folks. You jumped ahead on Brian there. Um, Darren, yes. So Darren does not like group initiative where everybody goes. He definitely likes to go back and forth. The pulling out of the bag thing is something Troika does. In Troika, you put two tokens for each character in the... I, I'm going off the top of my head. I might have this wrong. But you put two tokens for each character in the bag. You put one token for each bad guy. You put an end-of-game token in there. You can also put environmental effect tokens odd action tokens you can put um a, a more competent monster might get three tokens in there right or somebody with that's got haste spell or some kind of something to make them faster might get an extra token in there and you might go or you might not because that end around token gets drawn before you your token gets drawn you might not go or you might go twice in a row so it mixes it up i too like individual initiative like darren's favorite um i think rob c this idea of mixing it so it's not just decks, maybe decks and wisdom or decks intelligence plus level, and then you roll as well. I, I think that throws enough variables in there. I mean, you could throw a class in there as well in a class-based system, but I think that variable variability is important. But I think you should, characters that pick high decks should benefit from that. So very interesting. Um, thank you, Darren, for those entries. And now we're going to go back to Brian. I think it's going to cut the Aloha off when I play this. So sorry about that. So we'll start off here with Brian, who's has a wonderful podcast. Have to look that up. Uh, Jason, Brian here, calling in for the October Initiative Challenge and Contest. So the first choice, actually, for Initiative, I'll give you two, because the first choice is from... I guess a board game, a war game, one of my favorite games, Diplomacy. I don't know how well this would work, but there's just something liberating to me about writing your orders after negotiation and having everybody essentially move at once and then resolve it. Um, it was also, uh, <laughs> as always, it also builds up the suspense. Uh, but if I had to go with RPG, God, I'd say my favorite is a game that I haven't played yet, but I picked up just because it sounded awesome, but Shadow of the Demon Lord, I like that Rob has kind of liberated initiative and it's basically just fast and slow turns. Players take a fast turn, then monsters, and then they can take slow turns and then monsters. It's great. And I think 
when I listened to, it was probably Rob actually running an actual play of the, the system just to get a feel for it. It's great because as a, as a DM, he goes through and, you know, when it's time to act, it's, it literally is like a fast action, quick, quick. It's, it's a good way, one, to keep combat moving and get players engaged. Think about like, yeah, I want to do this. Or do they want to wait and do, I think on the slow, you can move and then take an action, move and take an action. But anyway, um, it just, it, it caught me. And it's already something I've been thinking about for putting it in just D&D games. And probably the, I guess the initiative system I, I like the least. I'm not a big fan of the way that 5e and even some of the previous versions of D&D do it with rolling a d20 decks and then stacking. I think it just makes, you know, it makes for like a batting order that just always seems to drag things out. Uh, so, you know, it's one of the standards, but I don't particularly like it. Okay, Brian. So I, I get that. And so Brian's kind of against the individual initiative where if it's just by decks plus, I can see where it would be that batting order and almost always go the same effectively each turn. That's why I like to roll die in there. To, to mix it up. The key is that your bonuses don't overpower the die roll, right? You have to find a way to balance that. The diplomacy, the, the Shadow of the Demon Lord that he likes with the fast and slow, you kind of get that to some degree with Astonishing Swordsman, Sorcerer Hyboria, the second edition where some of the actions take longer and it's got two, set, two phases. Um, diplomacy, though, writing down your orders and then simultaneous action is very cool. I like that. Uh, I, I think many people would balk at that, but I would be down for that. I think that's really cool. Of course, when you're doing that, you're talking about like one second turns or one second rounds, right? You, you'd have to do that because otherwise, how do you adjudicate when one thing takes, you know, a fraction of a second, another thing takes three seconds to do? I, I don't know. But there are some systems that kind of do that. We, You know, Top Secret, the original Top Secret, when you're doing the hand-to-hand -hand combat in that game, the you know, one side will pick a move and the other side picks like two counter moves or they, you know, they know that one person's the attacker and the other person defender. So your attacker will pick a move. The other side will pick like two counter moves and then you compare them at the same time. You know, you flip them over at the same time. So that's kind of like that. And that's a pretty fun system. So I can see that. Okay. Next up, we're going to go to John Allen Large of the Red Dice Diaries Media Empire. Hey, it's John here from the Red Dice Stories, just listening to your latest episode. I thought I'd throw in my ideas regarding the initiative contest. My favorite initiative system is the simple, someone rolls 1d6 for the player's side, and the GM rolls 1d6 for the monsters slash NPCs. And I like this because it's nice and simple. It gives the players a degree of flexibility. They can decide who goes when on their side, you know. And But also you still get a bit of that sort of back and forth. My least favourite is pretty much any initiative system that involves like shed loads of modifiers or like feats that can change it for individual people and stuff like that. Basically anything that like slows down combat or involves you having to do like loads of maths before you even get to like the interesting bit. And I'm not saying the maths is complicated, but why bother with it? Anyway, dude, enjoying the episode. I'm going to get back to it. Take care. I'll catch you soon. So John likes group initiative and does not like anything that's going to throw in a bunch of complications you have to figure out each time you roll. I think most of that math you can normally have figured out ahead of time. So, you know, I'm adding four to the roll, die roll, or if I invoke this ability, I'm going to add 
six to the die roll. I think you could easily enough do that. I understand where John's coming from because it kind of slows it down. But as Darren mentioned earlier, this penalizes players that build quick characters. So I, I can see both sides of that. But thank you so much for that input, John. Next up, we have Spencer, also known as Free Thrall, of the Keep Off the Borderlands podcast. Hey, Jason. Spencer here. And initiative systems. You could argue whether or not these are systems, but I'm going to put forward into the odd. If it's unclear who goes first, roll a dex save. And least favourite, um, Electric Bastion Land, which is the same thing, but with the caveat that if multiple attackers are attacking the same target, they all roll damage and only the highest roll counts. So you you all have to declare who you're attacking before anything takes place. I understand why Chris did that, because it's very easy for multiple attackers to take out a single target. Um, but, you know, it's the kind of nerfing the system, don't you think? I'm not super familiar with Into the Odd or Electric Bastion Land, so I can't say whether it's nerfing the system or not. So I will leave that to people more familiar with those systems. But thank you for that entry. Now we are going to go to Taylor of the Cleric Square Ringmail Media Empire. Initiatober. So my favorite initiative system to have played with has got to be one that we used back in college. Yes, that is a guinea pig. So I was going to read the initiative system to you. But Dad is talking to phone. Uh, yep, yeah, Dad is talking to phone. But I've got a co-caller this morning, uh, and we've been watching videos about guinea pigs since 5 a.m. So instead, I'm going to have to recite it from memory. So short version, we called it the second grid. So each character had a set number of actions that they could take. I want to go on a boat. You want to go on a boat? Yeah. Okay, let me check how many actions that'll be. So movement would take X number of actions. Attacking would take, uh, I think, either two or three, depending on whether it was one-handed or two-handed. And uh, spells would take a different number of actions based on how big they were. Uh, but the moral story, you would then tally those actions and the next character to act in the combat sequence was the one that had the... Yep, we'll go in a boat later. The next character to act would be the one with the fewest actions. Uh, so I later found out that this was very similar to, uh, I think, Hackmaster. Uh, they had a count up is what they called it. Uh, I have not played Hackmaster, so I can't make a direct comparison, but I trust your experience to, to that effect. Bunny so, grams is cute. Bunny grams are cute. So the I liked that initiative system because it added an element of dynamism to the combat. Depending on what you did, someone could do a quick, sh a couple quick short actions versus one long, uh, one long big one. But uh, it was surprisingly easy to track. So originally, I was using an Excel sheet, and it just had a 
little counter that would do it for me. But afterwards, I actually started using graph paper. So I'd write some, I would write each character's name and then I would X off boxes as they spent actions. And it's really visually obvious who had the fewest and very few very few combats would last long enough to go off the edge of the graph paper. So that's my favorite initiative memory, uh, favorite initiative implementation, just probably the BX D6 side initiative. It's too easy, too fast, and you just don't even have to worry about it. So, yeah. any case, I'll get back to my guinea pig videos and uh, looking forward to hearing what other folks have to say. Okay, that was Taylor with a guest there. He did call back a little bit later to give his favorite charity. Let me comment on his initiative systems first, though. Um, and really, I'm just going to concentrate on what he talked about as favorite. That's interesting. It sounds a little bit complicated. I can hear John Allen Large yelling at the phone right now. Um, so Hackmaster does do a count system, and, and GURPS kind of sort of does this as well. So, but with but I won't comment on GURPS because I'm not really qualified to. But as far, I have played Hackmaster before, and and kind of Hackmaster, you have basically the easy way to do it is you have in front you you just make a you know something in front of you that has numbers like maybe one to twenty or, or one to sixty, right? You just have like a you know a um almost like a ruler with numbers on it and you just count up so if you're doing something takes three seconds to do then you act on second three and if somebody else takes something that is doing an action takes five seconds they act on second five and you just go on you go count one anybody act count two anybody act count three anybody act you have an action go ahead and do it what are you going to do next they roll they adjudicate their action what are you going to do next i'm going to do something takes two counts okay you're going to go next on count five and you go like that and if you want to change your action, so you, you're doing something takes five seconds and second three, you want to stop your action to defend or you want to stop your action to do something else, you can do that. And then if you change your action, there might be a, a like two second penalty to, to adjust what you're doing and you just adjust when you act next. And, and this sounds a lot clunkier than it really works. Hackmaster actually works really smoothly on the table once everybody's used to it, but I can definitely see it's a definitely an acquired taste. But but it actually works really well on the table and and GURPS when I played it has worked well has worked you know effectively as well it's also a one second initiative and kind of a count up effectively and it works pretty well so I'm going to play chair Taylor's call about his preferred charity and then we'll go on to the next actual entry and if I were to pick a pet charity I pick Compassion International. It is a faith-based charity, so for listeners offended by Jesus, skip ahead two minutes. Compassion International, based out of Colorado, is a charity that works with local churches and faith-based organizations to promote education, health, and development for children in developing countries. It does not simply dump aid into their laps and hope for the best, but instead teaches a man to fish, focusing on education and later offering vocational training so as to prepare those children to contribute back to their communities when they come of age, helping to build those communities from the ground up by empowering the local residents. Compassion holds three out of four stars on Charity Navigator, uh, given a rating of Give With Confidence and earning a score of 85 on Financial Stewardship or 96 for Accountability and Transparency. 
Prior to changes in the evaluation criteria on Charity Navigator in 2016, Compassion International was given unique recognition for having maintained a 4 out of 4 star rating for 15 consecutive years. Even so, since 2016, they have been trending back towards that 4 star crown. The modus operandi for Compassion International is child sponsor relationships. You sign up for a monthly donation and you get paired with a child with whom you can exchange letters. However, the reason I bring it up, every child in the Compassion program gets a Christmas gift. Most of them living in places where the floors are made of dirt. I would expect for almost all of them it will be the only one. Each year, Compassion takes donations for Christmas between September and October, the last day to contribute being Halloween. I will not say how many sponsorships my wife and I maintain, but I will say that I am calling in this message. I have confirmed my own $50 donation, twice the contest's planned charity pot, of my own to the aforementioned Christmas fund. And with that, to pick a pet charity in the case that I have been randomly selected, I pick Compassion International. Okay, and again, there'll be li- there'll be links to all the the um, charities that are mentioned, including my favorite charity, which is Forgotten Angels down in Florida. So all that'll be in the show notes. But we're gonna get to the next entry, which is Safer of Safer Fantasy Crafting. Now he put a whole episode out talking about this, so I have a link to his episode in the show notes because he put an episode out, and then I called him and told him, hey. Good job. That episode counts as your entry. I'm not going to replay his whole entry here. You'll have to go listen to it. But he did respond to me auto-entering him. Hello there, Jason. It's just safer. I suppose uh, thank you for entering my podcast into your initiative competition, even though I wasn't really looking for it. Um, I didn't think my podcast would have matched the criteria, so I think there may be a bit of a steward's inquiry into that. If I win, I think I may not really have matched the requirements, but um, thank you for automatically entering me. I really do hope, though, that um, someone a bit more deserving than myself, someone a bit more appreciative of that uh, drive through voucher, uh, wins the competition, though, uh, Jason. And I'm happy for any winnings to go to a charity of your choice as well. But, yeah, initiative. I think initiative sucks, and group initiative sucks even harder. I'm having a look at simultaneous initiative right now. I think it may be possible to do it. It may be a bit chaotic. I think I may have to have a look at OD&D, see how it really did it in the past. All the answers may just lie there. So, Saver's episode basically talks about how he doesn't like initiative and wants to find a better way to do it and is researching it. Um, although you should still go listen to it. But, Spencer, maybe look at diplomacy? I don't know. Next up is Rob C. of Down in the Heap, who has also done an episode talking about initiative as well as the entry. So I'll also link to his episode as well as Play's entry here. Hey, Jason, it's Rob. My favorite initiative is probably just basic D&D or Swords and Wizardry side initiative. Um, Roll once each round to determine who has the initiative and then a structured, phased uh, procedural combat round where one side moves, then the other side moves. One side fires missiles, then the other side. Magic, magic, melee, melee. My least favorite would be something where one stat is preeminent 
to the exclusion of all others and all other considerations where it's just you go in dex order i think that places far too much emphasis on one stat and does not take into consideration other things like experience and coolness under pressure the other thing i really dislike is when you keep the same order every round and there's no chance of it changing from round to round there you go see ya wait a minute did i say why i liked the bx swords and wizardry initiative system it's because it's fast it's dynamic in that it changes round around it's abstract rather than taking every consideration into effect it's basically just fate luck and it's procedural so that you kind of know what's going to happen and there's ebb and flow when you interweave within each segment, each side in the combat. So you don't have these circumstances where someone moves 30 feet, makes an attack, makes a bonus action, and everyone else is just standing around with their feet glued to the floor, mouth agape, as this person does all this stuff before they can react. So... Thank you for those entries, Rob. And again, there's a link to a further discussion of this on his podcast. Now, is so the the only thing I don't like about the BX for you know his preferred version is the idea of group initiative. I still that still bothers me. But I think if you have segments, you know, missile melee, magic movement, if you have these segments in there, I I think you have to almost have to group initiative because it gets too clunky if everybody does individual initiative. But this is where that hackmaster count up system shines it is more complicated combats do take longer but if you want something that feels more realistic that's a good way to go if you just want chaotic then you just go with um troika you're pulling things out of the bag right but rob i think you can fix your problem with again by doing dex wisdom level and class give a certain bonus and then you roll die next up oh and and obviously rob is at odds with a couple people here because he does not like fixed initiative. Next up, we have somebody. I I'm not, I don't think Rich has called me before. I don't know. I know I've called his show back in the day. It's been a while though. But this is a a man that was podcasting before me, and he's got a great podcast. Rich Fraser, whose podcast is Cockatrice Nuggets. He's mainly playing Five E and doing that stuff these days. But go check out Cockatrice Nuggets. Great great podcast. And I'm going to play his entry now. Hi, this is Rich. I, I heard if I sent you this, you'd make me famous. Anyway, my favorite initiative system, I don't know if it's nostalgia or what, but I'm going to say 2E D&D because, man, there was something about rolling that D10, adding speed factors, um, adding casting times, and coming up with a weird number, and then, like, adding your second attack in later. Uh, I, it was very complicated, but there was something satisfying about, like, not doing everything at the same time and um, having your role modified so it wasn't always high numbers. Um, my least is probably 5e because it seems like all the players got theirs jacked up so they always go first no matter how high the monster is um, and I can't roll for shit so I guess that doesn't really count, but it's very static, and um, it's roll once and keep going. So that's good and bad. Anyway, those are the two. Have a
Okay, Rob, or I'm sorry, Rich cut himself off a little bit. Rich, you were already famous. I, I'm happy to play your message, but I, I can't make you. You're more famous than I am. Heck. <laughs> but thank you so much for your entry. Yeah, I've only played 2E a couple times. Actually, we're getting ready to start it's a new 2E campaign, D&D 2nd Edition, that's going to be run by our next caller, Barry, of the Shadows of Jam podcast. And the times I played 2E, I really did like that initiative. It is a little more clunky, a little slower than some other ones, but I really liked the whole segments thing because I really like that you'd be able to interrupt spellcasters and 2E let you do that. So so I really like that. The 5E thing, yeah. The other thing that I don't like in full disclosure is I don't like a set, like you roll at the beginning of combat and then it's the same every turn. I like to re-roll initiative every round because, or every turn, I guess, depending on terminology. Anyway, I, I don't, you shouldn't roll once and it's that way through the entire combat. I like it to be chaotic and, and change up. So thank you so much for that entry, Rich. Really appreciate it. And now I'm going to turn it over to Barry, our GM shadow of the Shadow of the GM podcast. And he speaks kind of fast. So you may want to turn the speed down on your podcast listening device of choice. Hi Jason, so I thought I'd make an entry into your initiative competition and get it in there last minute. Um, I want to say, my obviously, my favourite initiative system is the one from GURPS. Nah, only joking, just <laughs> thought I'd put that one in there. But actually, controversially, it's not my favourite. Don't Not that I dislike it, I don't mind it, I'm quite happy with it, but it's not my favourite. My favourite would probably be um, Shadow of the Demon Lord, actually. Uh, I found it quite cool when I first got into that game, not ever run it much, um, because of the idea that it kind of, to me, it fits this sweet spot, because I don't like initiative systems where it's always good guys that go first i'm also not keen on ones where you roll a d6 and arbitrarily determines or a d10 second edition where they kind of fairly arbitrarily determines who goes first and last i mean i get the idea behind it with the whole kind of like you know combat and swing and all the rest of it and things but to me i don't keen on them whereas with shadow of the demon lord i like the fact there's kind of this mix slightly of the idea that the heroes go first but also that your choices in what you do on the combat round matter so the idea behind it as Shadow of the Demon Lord is that you have a fast round and a slow round so the idea is if you're doing a sort of quick action you go on the, the fast round and if you do a slower action one that takes longer you go on the slow round and so what I like about it, as I said, is that basically depending on what you choose, it depends on when you go. So if you choose a fast action, you pretty much go first before the enemies go. Um, so everyone in the game sort of does their fast actions first. So first of all, the heroes do their fast actions, and then the villains do their fast actions. And then we go into the slow round, and then the heroes do their slow actions, and then the enemies do their slow actions as well. So things like sometimes spell casting take longer, so they have to wait and try not to get killed in the process or attacked in the process in between. So I like the fact that there is that kind of semi-tactical element behind it, but it's not over cumbersome in how that works. I think it's quite good, especially for introducing new players into the game and they don't have to keep rolling dice for rounds for initiative and worrying about initiative tracking and stuff that, to me, it seems a fairly simple process for them to understand without making it too overly complex. And again, quite good for new players and the fact you get to go first, which I think is quite helpful. That's my favourite one. I guess talking about my least favourite one, it would have to be Hackmaster type ones. Um, anyone where it's like a continuous tracking process and actions are adding into them. In theory, I kind of like the idea because to me it feels quite realistic in the idea that there's not this kind of arbitrary stop, start, stop, start that we get from wargaming essentially. But to be honest, when you try and run it, it is just a pain in the backside in my opinion. I don't feel it adds enough to the game to justify kind of tracking whereby everyone rolls initiative, someone starts, 
and then people go on the next order but then have what your actions are determined you know when you go when you finish when the next person goes i mean it is quite good that somebody's really quick maybe getting a few attacks before somebody else they're doing something really slow etc and like i said it does fit in the realism side of thing but yeah i just think it don't think it adds enough to the game as to really justify it so yeah that's my two entries for my favorite and my least favorite so hopefully i'll win some cash and give some money to charity anyway jason over to you and i shall speak to you soon Thank you, Barry. I really appreciate it. Interesting that you kind of plug GURPS, but Hackmaster and GURPS, I see them kind of the same. I would be very interested if you would call me back and and um, discuss Hackmaster versus GURPS in, in, in that vein. Barry did a great job explaining Shadow of the Demon Lord. The one thing I don't like is I don't like the idea the heroes are always going to act first. You know, if everybody picks fast initiative, the heroes always go first. I, I don't like that. I like to have some chance the bad guy going first okay our last caller is a new podcaster this is somebody that has been playing games with andy goodman of exhibition of grizzly peaks who's too good to send me an entry and of daniel norton of bandits keep this is nikki she has now started a new podcast called bro sr it or actually i'm sorry it's um shoot i, I just had it anyway she has a new podcast and it's infiltrating the BROSR, infiltrating the BROSR. And she basically just has a teaser trailer out at the time of this recording. But, you know, subscribe to our podcast. And, you know, I think we have some great things coming from Nikki. But let's hear her entry. Hi, Jason. This is Nikki from Infiltrating the BROSR. And I'm just calling to let you know about my favorite initiative. Is probably probably the hateful place because if you match initiative with your opponent then you get to roll a wandering monster check which always can add a little spice to the encounter i also like any initiative like hyperborea or odnd where you have to declare actions before you roll my least favorite initiative and it's probably the biggest example is probably 5e um is where everybody rolls their own and sometimes the dm will have 12 guys and they all roll separate initiatives and it just gets really complicated and really hard to keep track of um, so that that is my thoughts on initiative. I prefer declaring actions first. I prefer side initiative, and I really like having those wandering monster checks. Good to good to join the Anchorverse. Thanks. Wow, Nikki, thank you so much for that entry. Yeah, so you can tell Nikki's got some interesting opinions, and definitely go check her show out. Um, yeah, I I see where you're going with that. And with 5e or systems, like I don't run 5e, but with systems like that, I tend to, ru- to roll monsters as a group, even though I let the players roll individually. If you have different kinds of monsters or if you have a boss with some minions, the boss would roll separately and the minions would all kind of act together. But I definitely see where you're going with that. The Hateful Play sounds great. I'm sure that would infuriate some of our, our listeners. I'm sure Joe Richter wouldn't enjoy having to do a wandering monster check in the middle of combat just because somebody rolled a certain initiative i'm sure that he'd rip his hair out doing that but i do like declaring actions i i wonder is diplomacy and then simultaneous action the perfect initiative hmm you guys are gonna have to give us some feedback but that is all the entries i've received so i hope you enjoyed listening to everybody and now i'm going to pull an entry out of the hat actually i'm going to roll die on the audio dungeon discord so if you go to the audio dungeon discord if if you're on that discord and you there's a channel called bot commands and unless somebody gets in there really quickly 
this will be the first entry for October 21st on bot commands. I'm going to roll D14. And we get a three. So that is Joe Richter of Hindsightless. Wonderful. So Joe, you have won. I will make a donation to your charity. And, you know, $45 is kind of an odd number. So I'll just round it up. I'll donate $50 to your charity, which is actually wh where you work. Um, but that's cool because they are a nonprofit organization that do charitable work. Again, that is Sound Generations in Seattle. Again, I will have links to all the charities in the show notes. Thank you, everybody, for sending in your entries. I really, really appreciate it. There's links to all the podcasts in the show notes, as well as the, all the charities mentioned in the show notes. Go check everything out. And yeah, a couple of you folks, or everybody that wants to, call, give us some feedback. Let me know what you think, what people said. I'm interested to hear you, you know, some feedback on some of the comments I made. You can leave feedback by leaving me a message on Anchor. You can send an email to nerdsrpgvarietycast at gmail.com. If you attach an audio file, I'll play it on the air. You can also reach out to me on Discord. I'm on a bunch of Discords. Thank you to everybody. Thank you to Ray Otis for the coffee cup clip art, TJ Drennan for the wonderful music, and I will talk to you next time. Take care, folks. Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Well, maybe it's your auntie or a joke about your spouse, but the operator's screaming it's coming from inside the house. What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? Well, the audience is pretty sure he took a pretty head and the Question left is if I fail to shoot him dead. Bring on the gold, bring on the gold. I want some more, bring on the gold. Well, your butcher is a dustman and your moil is by a tipper, and I'm assuming that your partner back there in the wood chipper. Don't look away. And the world has gone to hell We're living for the